Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to Toronto Raptors 104-95 win against the Orlando Magic Riker. We have a rematch from last year's first round playoff series. You know, we had a return of Terrence Ross, return of the Dino jerseys, and the Raptors started off hot, got a bit cold, but nonetheless finished out this game and won in solid fashion. Absolutely, Ben. I I was hesitant in the fourth quarter because it looked like they were going to let it slip, and this is not what I would expect from a championship team. Yes, we played against them in the first round of the playoffs last season, and mm -hmm. yes, there's a few pieces that could develop into potentially good players on the Orlando Magic, but I was worried for a period of time. Then our boys, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, they stepped out, closed this game like they should. Yeah, certainly. The the Toronto Raptors throughout this season have shown that they, they have that pedigree to really close games down the stretch. You know, they struggled a little bit against the Celtics, but against the Pelicans, the Bulls, the Magic, even when the games got close, they, well, I guess against the Bulls, it didn't really get close. But against the Magic, the Pelicans, when it got close, we saw our guys step up. And the first guy we got to talk about, I guess, is Pascal Siakam, because... You, if you want to talk about the start of this game from Siakam, because he was hitting shots mid-rangers, and the threes weren't really going down like we've seen this season so far, but his mids are just off-the-dribble, almost Kobe-esque, Kawhi-esque shots. I'm really impressed with his off-the-dribble game, his shot creation. It's the fact that Pascal Siakam has added shot-creating ability to his repertoire that's now that we've lost uh, Kawhi Leonard and you know before that DeMar DeRozan, now that we have a guy that can create shot shots like this, it's going to be so valuable for this team going forward. Absolutely, Ben. I, I'm a little bit disappointed that Fred Van Vliet has not lived up to the very first game that he's played, mm -hmm. but Pascal Siakam has maintained thus far into the season yep. exactly what we wanted from him. 56% from the field, 24 points, 9 rebounds, and you're absolutely right. The first quarter, he came out like a loaded shotgun, and it, he was doing it all from the from the court. There was, it's exactly as you said, shot creation, moves off the dribble, post up, which that's been his bread and butter. Mm -hmm. A few good mid-range jumpers. He tried to stretch it out to three, hit one in the first quarter. He, he's doing it all, Ben, and even against, and this is one of the biggest tests for Pascal Siakam, is a, a long and tall defender like Jonathan Isaac because he's going to have a lot of mismatches throughout the season because he's a pretty quick guy for his height, and to match up, usually he'll have a slower center guarding him, right? But yep. Jonathan Isaac matches up perfectly around the same height and athleticism, and pa Pascal Siakam was still able to go to work and get a lot of points. Yeah, and he did it super efficiently to a 9 of 16 shooting, and that was the one worry for this team coming into the season. Who is going to get the buckets for this roster when the offense stagnates? And tonight we saw the offense stagnate a good first stretches. For long stretches, I think we went uh, a stretch in the third quarter. We missed 12 straight shots. I believe that was the number. And then Kyle Lowry, Pascal were the, the two players that really brought us out of it. So shout out to those two guys. We I guess we got to swing into Kyle Lowry now because even though he didn't shoot the greatest from three tonight, three of 11, he got us prime time buckets when we needed it. In the, in the same vein, Pascal Siakam did. He had 26 points, six assists, five rebounds, seven to 18 shooting. He Kyle Lowry looks back to being aggressive. He's going into the lane. He's shooting those because the past two seasons we've been kind of talking about how Kyle Lowry has hesitated from going into the lane like we saw him do in his early Toronto Raptors days and more, mostly focused on creating for other players and being a three-point specialist and he still shoots a lot of three-point shots and we want Lowry to shoot a lot of three-point shots but he's not just solely a, a chucker these days this this season so far he's going into the lane he's being aggressive and his game even though 
He's not necessarily the most consistent player, or like an all a superstar level in terms of scoring. He's he's being that shot creator that the Raptors need. And you know where Fred VanVleet's kind of struggled the past three games, um, being consistent. Kyle Lowry's been that second option in terms of getting buckets. What have you seen from Kyle tonight and just so far this season? Three things, Ben. One. Fred VanVleet, maybe maybe it's time he has another kid because he's in a bit of a three-point funk. Maybe we'll talk about that later. That's going to be the running joke throughout the season, it seems. <laughs> Two, I agree with what you're saying. The most promising stat line for me, because I, I'm not going to let him off the hook for shooting a dismal percentage from three. He it's Yes, he, made, he came up in the clutch. No, three for 11. That's way too many shots. for. Do you want Kyle Lowry shooting 11 threes if he's only going to make three night in and night out? The one saving grace is he did hit that that clutch three in the fourth to, to give him the two-point lead, and that mm-hmm. seemed to be the catalyst and the turning point. But my third point, the biggest stat of the night was Kyle Lowry's 10 free throw attempts, 9 for yep. 10 from free throw, which is exactly what you're saying. It means he's being aggressive, getting to the lane, and getting fouls called. And that's what we, you're exactly right, we haven't seen that in the past few seasons from Kyle Lowry. He's been tentative. And you know why, Ben? To me, it looks like he's finally playing pretty healthy out there. Healthy, yep. confident, and he has nobody holding him back. Yeah, certainly. I think the confidence is a big factor as well, because we see Kyle kind of go through these stretches where He'll just miss a bunch of shots right in a row, and he'll kind of hesitate on some of them. And it, it, he's a very up-and-down player through his whole tenure with the Toronto Raptors. But this year, even when he goes through stretches where the ball isn't going down, we, we saw it tonight. The shots, he wasn't shooting a great percentage from three, but he's ready to hit that dagger against the Orlando Magic down the stretch. So it's great to see a confident, healthy Kyle Lowry. But, you know, the, the guy that we expected to kind of be doing the, the, these things for the Toronto Raptors this season was Fred Van Vliet. And tonight didn't shoot the greatest percentage. He shot one of seven from three, but still had 14 points, six assists, five rebounds. And I think you'd argue he had a more of a poorer night. He did have three turnovers as well. But he as well got to, got to the rim, got in the lane. He also had a couple of these buckets taken away from him. He had a, a he had one kind of fadeaway three that was just off the buzzer. He had two layups taken away from him early in the game. And I think that got him out of his rhythm. I, I liked what I saw from Fred VanVleet better than what I saw the past couple games. What what did you see from Fred tonight? Because well, he got well, to let the, me ask he, you a seven free throws as well. Seven free throws. Okay, let me ask you a question, though, Ben, because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it yet, this season at least. And it didn't happen often last season, not that often. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to sustain Fred VanVleet and Kyle Lowry playing well in the same game consistently? Is that sustainable? Because it's usually either Fred Van Vliet is going off, hitting his threes, getting points, being the, the playmaker and the, the offensive guy, or it's Kyle Lowry. It's never both of them. And it seems to me it's because they both are, the game that they're playing well, they're the point guard, you know, they're the floor general. But if they're playing a one and two, then one of them could be the shooting guard. And it's it should be possible that you can have both of them get high points, right, and high assists. If you look at Russell Westbrook and James Harden, not a perfect example, but they both seem to be able to get points. Right? I think Is it possible that Fred Van? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's way way better example. Is it possible for Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry? Because I haven't seen it yet. Well, I, I'd argue in the playoffs that they were pretty good together, especially after you know the that Bucks the game two against the Bucks. I think from then on we saw a lot of games where Kyle Lowry and Fred went off. I'd I'd argue that, but I agree with you in the regular season that consistently, usually Fred has his big games when Lowry's either sitting out or he's running with the bench mob, and you know Kyle Lowry he has his big nights every now and then. So. I think they're capable, especially, I, I'm really encouraged from what I saw these two guys in the playoffs, and that's kind of what is in my headspace right now. I think two of them, 
They just need to be able to have the ball, and Kyle Lowry's good at playing off the ball. I think he's a bit better playing off the ball than Fred Van Vliet. We saw even, I think 2017 was the year Kyle Lowry kind of, 2016-2017, he kind of gave the ball more to DeRozan, and Lowry learned to hit these pull-up shots and do drives and kick it like that. And then, you know, the other ball handler can run their isos like Fred's pretty good with and the step-back shots and all that sort of stuff. But I think I think they're capable of being strong together. I think against a team like the Orlando Magic, and we even saw in the first round of the playoffs, two of them kind of struggled against the Magic because, you know, they have longer players, bigger defenders, and it, it was dramatically, you know, taken taken advantage of by the Sixers in the second round. So I think we're going to see Fred VanVleet and Lowry play well together for stretches this year. I think they just got to get comfortable in their roles. And Fred, even though he he's the, the two-guard, the de facto two-guard on the stat sheet or whatever, I think Lowry's more capable of playing off the ball. So I think they'll be fine together. And now let once, me ask once you things one more go qu- forward. Fair enough. Now let me ask you one more question before we swing into the segments. Markel Fultz, he's been a big question mark in the league tonight. He looked pretty promising against the Toronto Raptors. I would say he's a big re- Terrence Ross, my least favorite player in the NBA. He kept them around, um, and obviously Jonathan Isaac was playing pretty well tonight. But mm-hmm. Markel Fultz, a surprising breakout of tonight's game, and I thought that he uh, he played pretty well. What were your thoughts on him? Marco, he's super athletic. He had that dunk at the end, which was kind of wild down the stretch. Uh, Steve Clifford kept him in the game down, you know, to close this one out. He had a couple of rookie mistakes, but the thing about Markel Fultz, he's barely played an NBA game. I'd argue that, you know, his first two seasons were even a write-off because when you're playing 30 games over the course of two years, you're not getting in any rhythm at all. So these are the first games we're seeing for Markel, and he's dealt with that shoulder issue and all that. Taking all that into consideration... He looks extremely comfortable out there. He's a lot more confident than I expect him to be. You know, he's, he shot four threes tonight, made one, had 13 points, five assists. I think he's going to be a, a good player. I'm still a Markel Fultz believer. I don't know, necessarily think he's going to be a Steph Curry three-point shooter, especially not in, like, the coming seasons. But his slashing ability, his ability to create and drive, once he just kind of slows himself down, because, you know, even when we saw guys like John Waller, Derrick Rose come in their rookie seasons, and I'm considering this a rookie season for Markel. I'm not taking those other seasons into account, right? They they played kind of out of their body. They they were too fast for the game, and, you know, they, they were still good, but they... You know, it took a while to to hold, harness them in and get their talents all good. I think Marco Marco Fultz is such an athlete, and as he gets his jumper more consistent and you know slows this game down, I think he's going to be a solid player in the league. Yeah, it seems like he has the par- proper body type for it, and mm. if his confidence comes around, because it wasn't there for the first few seasons, everybody is familiar with the story at this point. Yeah, he's maybe he could well. develop like, into a player. Yeah, it's, well, there's yeah, I mean that it's whole that mix that whole whatever was going on, that whole situation with his shoulder and coaching, etc. We don't need to break that down now, but Ben, it's time to swing it into the segments. Take us away. Certainly, and I, I think we've decided on a name, but I don't have the animation, so we'll hold it out for, for next podcast. Ho- hopefully it'll be good for, for the next video, but we're sticking with the play of the day, and tonight, the play of the day for the Toronto Raptors. We, we kind of talked about the, the negatives of Fred Van Vliet in this game, but he certainly had the play of the day with his icy crossover over Markel Fultz, who was playing good D, but Fred just completely shook him and hit his 1-3 of the night, that little step back at the top. Riker, that ankle breaker was absolutely ridiculous. Had Fultz on the floor. Couldn't agree with you more. And if that's his rookie season, or in your eyes, then that's a, that must be a rookie mistake. <laughs> it's, a, it's a throwback. Remember when uh, JV was a rookie and he got posterized by Kevin Durant in like, his second game? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
That was, what is the what's the psychology was theory? Well, there's everyone a psychology theory when you uh, you purposely you you can't remember things like you genuinely mm-hmm. can't remember them because <laughs> your brain blocks them out because they're traumatizing experiences. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that we're all hyped up about this guy who spent a year in Europe. You know, JV's trying to be the savior. Skinny, skinny European coming in gets postered by Kevin Durant. But that's but that's how. If it there's goes. anybody not- you're gonna get, if there's anybody you're going, you're going to get postered against and live with, it's six eleven Kevin Durant superstar. Yeah, especially especially his young athletic years. But not all plays can be the play of the day, and some just make you say, "Oh, geez." And tonight. I don't know if the there's an OG's play that you might have in mind, Riker, but mine is just that stretch of just misses that the Toronto Raptors kept having. It felt about like 20 minutes of real time that they didn't hit a shot. Do you do you have anything else in mind, Riker? I do, but I'm gonna use it for my Demarco Carroll Gold Star. Well, you know what they say: the infamous, the one and only Demarco Carroll Gold Star. Throw it out there, Riker. Um, Terrence Ross. <laughs> Terrence, I shouldn't Where's laugh. Where's the saucy Ross? No, I'm I'm being serious, man. I'm okay. I'm being serious. Terrence Ross. He he tried to put the team on his back. Okay, they they were maybe in the game. He was putting up fadeaway threes, one leg threes, disgusting performance <laughs> down the stretch. Absolutely out of control. He should have been put on a leash. It was terrible. Terrible. The coach should have reined him in and said, Terrence, stop shooting threes. Jonathan Isaac's been shooting at a higher clip this game. Easy. He should have got two gold stars tonight. Brutal performance. I don't know why he's in the league. Eight seasons? Yeah, right. Like seven. Every every miss he had, I was just thinking of your face watching this game. That's that's the only thing I could picture was every every fadeaway dribble pull up three he had with Larry's face because Larry knew that T. Ross was just gonna try and chuck it over him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My roommate said, "Hey, why does everyone?" I was booing the whole time. He said, "Why does everyone hate T. Ross?" I said, "It's probably just me, but." It's well deserved. T Ross uh, the he, goat. Let us know. Let Riker know in the comment section below. T Ross is the goat. Bring him back. He deserves a ring. T Ross. Not a chance. Listen, listen, Ben. We scraped away with a win here tonight against the Orlando Magic. I do hope. I do hope that the Toronto Raptors are able to play a better all-around game next game that they play. I'm not sure who is the next opponent on the on the roster, or sorry, on the schedule here, but they, they do need to be more consistent because against a better team, it's not going to work for them to go on a big slump where they're not able to score, where their defense lags, turnovers. That was a bit of an issue tonight that thankfully didn't kill them, but in the end, the Raptors, they have potential, and they just need to be able to put their keep their foot on the gas for an entire game. Yeah, certainly, and we, there's a bunch of things that we could talk about in this game. OG looked awesome, Norm kind of struggled, Gasol came back, and Serge Ibaka had his first stud of the season, but, you know, we're going long. We have a full season to break down all these guys, so you're the best to make it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, any last words? That's it for me, Ben. Cheers.